This year's theme, as we know, has been the theme of freedom. And I'm telling you, I want us to have God-given freedom in every area of our life. This morning, I just didn't want a catchy message title, but my message is called Freedom to Live When We Learn to Love. Who knows it's easy to love when you're treated well back in return? Easy. Who knows that's not the way that love works? Well, not God's kind of love anyways. Let's look at what God's love is. Everyone knows this one. John 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. He gave. All we need to do is receive. He gave his one and only son. You know, we could just stop and ponder and meditate on that and the message of love is right there. But this morning, I don't know about you, but I seem to need daily reminders about loving the way that God loved. Even the Bible talks to us and tells us that we need reminders. Do you know that? Let's go to my favourite book in the Bible. Proverbs 3.3 3 tells us, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. So we're all us women are going to have scarves, loyalty and kindness. All the men are going to have the Dusty Martin tattoos, loyalty, kindness. Not giving you permission. I'm just trying to put it in a modern language. And it says, keep them deep within your heart. The word loyalty means a strong feeling of support or allegiance. Other words that mean loyalty is faithfulness, obedience, devotion, reliability, trustworthiness, consistency, dedication, commitment. They're good words. I like a loyal person if we can be that. That's what he's telling us we need to be. And the word kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous and considerate. He's telling us we're going to have those things tied around our neck. They're reminders of how we need to be behaving. Proverbs 7, 1 to 3 tell us, follow my advice, my son or daughter. Always treasure my commands. Obey my commands and live. There's freedom here. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes. It's saying be very careful of what we watch. Be very careful of what we allow through our eye gate. Then it says tie them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within our heart, within your heart. I think Solomon's trying to get a message across that we need daily reminders of being loyal, of being kind, of being careful of what we allow in our eyes and to obey this. It means we need to keep doing it. We need to keep being loyal and kind. So we've got to tie them around our neck. We've got to tie them on our finger. So maybe that's why um, people had rings and it had... Um, 
kindness or love or, or people wear different things around their necks because um, we, we have reminders of what we believe in. So we can see here that we need reminders of living the way that God has called us to live. There's one daily, there's one way that I get a daily reminder every day. And do you know what that is? By reading that. If I read the Bible every day, it gives me daily reminders of how I need to live because I'm telling you, I need it. I need daily reminders because Proverbs clearly tells us we need to write it on our fingers, tie it around our neck. We need daily reminders. Now, if I'm telling you a ways that God tells us to love, the Bible actually tells us ways of what love isn't. And it says in Matthew 5, 46, it says, if you love only those who love you, what, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. So that means even the bad people can love people who love them. That, that's nothing extra. Luke 6.32 tells us, if you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. So two different books telling us the same message. But so if we just don't love people who love us, what are we meant to be doing? And that's why Matthew 22, 36 to 40 tells us, Teacher, what is the most important commandment in the law? And Jesus answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. This is the first and most important commandment. The second most important commandment is like this one. And it is love others as much as you love yourself. All the law of Moses and the books of the promise prophets are based on these two commandments. The religious leaders always wanted to get Jesus to say something that they could fault him on. But Jesus would always put it in such a way that he would shine the light back on their motives. They knew the law. They knew that they needed to love God with all their heart, soul and mind. But the tricky bit comes in when we're to love others as much as we love ourselves. And he knew that's what they needed to be reminded of. So that's why he put it in there. Because it's easy to say, oh, I love you, God. I'd do anything for you. Yep, no problem. You ask me to serve. Yep, no worries. I'm there. You ask me to do this. I can do that. But then someone else might ask us to do the same thing. And it's just like, do you know what? The reason that I'm sharing this message with you is because sometimes I get challenged on this very thing. Because it's easy to love God. But sometimes I don't find it as easy to love people. I love people, but sometimes people hurt me. And sometimes I get hurt. And sometimes I try and protect myself. So what I want to do is I want to share a personal story with you. Because I know that if I do that with you, you'll be able to apply something for your own life. Because I'm sure that if I've been through it, you people have been through it too. Now, what I want to say right up front is... I'm not where I was 10 years ago, but neither am I where I want to be because we are a work in progress and as long as we keep moving forward, 
God wants to keep working on us, but we just got to be open to him. So my story goes like this. Rob and myself have been in ministry for a few years now, and not everything has gone according to plan. Looking back, I can see that we need to make every situation a stepping stone. Because if it does, if you don't, it becomes a gravestone and you get stuck there. And you know what happens? It becomes the what about me? It isn't fair syndrome. But when we keep our eyes on God and not on people, you can get through anything that comes your way. People don't mean to hurt you. They do not wake up in the morning thinking, I know Pauline's going to get it today. When I have that conversation with her, boy, I'm going to let her have it. People are not waking up thinking of that, I'm telling you. But it happens. So a few years ago, it was 2006, and the women, we didn't live in Port Lincoln. We've lived in Port Lincoln for eight years. So 2006, we were not residents of Port Lincoln. The women in Port Lincoln were having this conference called Out of the Ashes, and it was the year after that big fire had gone through and created a lot of devastation. Now... What you need to, um, yes, so I had been asked as a guest to come to this conference as a guest. Deep down, I wondered, why did they ask me? I wasn't a speaker. I just asked to be a guest to this conference. Now, you need to understand something. At that particular time, we were in a big church serving, and I was happy serving. We were on a welcome team, running a connect group, and I was happy with doing that. I knew that my husband had a call of ministry on his life. We'd been in ministry before and we'd been hurt. Life happens. Um, but I personally didn't want the responsibility of running a church. Um, I wanted to be able to say how much we were going to do. And I knew the commitment of what running a church was. So clearly Pauline was still in control. Um, we say these really good sayings like, use me, Lord. And then we go, I'm used. Um, so what had happened to us was we were happy serving in this church. Well, I was happy. We had actually previous to that been hurt in ministry. And, well, my husband had been hurt and I was happily carrying his secondhand offence. I know none of you would do that, but I seem to be able to do it really easily. Um, so deep down, I wanted to control where we were going and what we were doing. So... There would be many times that in our ACC, we're called an Australian Christian church, in our movement, people would ask Rob, knowing we're serving in this big church, knowing Rob was capable of pastoring a church, they'd ask us to go different places, like check it out, meaning come and be our pastor. And I would be like a donkey with its heels dug in going, we ain't going anywhere. Like the thought of uprooting for children and packing a house did not excite me one little bit. So that's the background to this story and I'm coming to this conference in Port Lincoln. So even though I wondered what I was doing there, because I'm kind of like going, hope I'm not being set up for something here. When I came to this conference, the people here in Port Lincoln were lovely. They had known me from when I was a young girl. This is my third time being in Port Lincoln. I came to Port Lincoln as a 12-year-old with my parents I came to Port Lincoln for a year in our first year of marriage and um, now I've been invited to this conference just as a guest. So 
I had the opportunity to just be myself, to love on people and just be there to listen, really. I know that's hard to believe, but I was just listening. There was this one lady in particular that had been going through this very challenging situation. And all I did was listen. And by the end of that weekend, God had done a work in my heart. He challenged me that I just needed to trust him. He said, Pauline, all I'm asking you to do is love people. And I was like, it can't be that simple. Love people, that's all you want me to do. That's all you want me to do is love people. And, and that's what God spoke to me. Yep, Pauline, all I'm asking you to do is love people. So I remember, because I know God had done a work inside of my heart, I was really excited to talk to Rob. So I was dropped off at the Port Lincoln Airport, the old one at that stage, because it's 2006, it's not when the new one was opened. And I remember ringing Rob saying, um, I know something has changed in me. And Rob's thinking, yeah, right. Um, and I just said, I promise that if we get asked to go somewhere in ministry, I'll go with an open mind, open heart. Now, yeah, I, I just want to go back for a second because you know when you've been through things and you've been hurt by people, I don't know about you, but I feel like I have a pretty good life. I feel like life's pretty good. We're blessed, healthy, happy, roof over our head. You know, things are good. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I can feel a bit sad inside. I'm not really sure why. And I know this one particular day, I just thought, Lord, why is my soul so downcast? So I just looked up scriptures on joy. I googled it. Scriptures on joy. Do it. You're feeling something? How do I renew my mind? Honestly, do a little bit of homework. Google it. So as I'm Googling, this scripture pops up as one of the scriptures for joy. James 1, 2 to 4. And it's called Faith and Endurance. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity of great joy. For you know that when your faith is being tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, can I just tell you the background to this story is, the guy writing it is in prison. He doesn't know when he's going to be beheaded. Like every day is a gift from the Lord for him. He doesn't know when his time is up. And he's telling us, like he's telling the writers now that we read in the Bible, consider it an opportunity of great joy when you go through trials. So sometimes my trials feel like this ain't no trial, but he wants to give me a reminder to understand. Like, you know, why does the David, the psalmist say, why is my soul so downcast? He says, I look to the hills. Do you know what he's saying? He's going, stop looking at your belly button, lift up your eyes, because that is where my help comes from. He's the one that gives me my help. Anyways, let me not digress. I've got to get back to my story. So God can speak to you anywhere, anytime, but he does need you to be open. Can you imagine if I never accepted the request the opportunity to come to the conference? Can you imagine if Pauline was so second-guessing everything, like, why did they ask me to come? I'm not coming. You know, like, I just 
had to be open because you actually don't know what God's opening up for you. So you don't have to have a spiritual answer of why you do everything. Sometimes just do something. Just go somewhere. Just watch something. Do something because I don't know where we would be if maybe I didn't be obedient and just come, just go. But you've got to come with open heart, open hands, and you know what? Our heart response will follow. Now, I can tell you that a lot has happened between 2006 and 2017. I can tell you that I'm very grateful the Lord brought us to the Air Peninsula, and I'm telling you he hasn't finished with us yet. Now, fast forward to 2017, and I have those words ringing in my ears. So whenever I go through a hard time, I have to remember the words that God told me, and it's, you need to love people. And now I'm letting you know, fast forward 2017, because now I've opened my heart to people and I have loved them, and at times I've gone beyond the call of duty because it's what happens, and people have let me down. They reject the message of Jesus and the call that God has on their life, and it's hard not to take it personally when you've really invested yourself into them. I'm just telling you, that's what I do. But I need to be reminded. I need to be reminded when God tells me, all I ask you to do is love them. And then I say, I can do that. But I'm telling you, it's not risk-free at times. And it hurts. And why does it hurt? It hurts because we've been, we're invested. And I had this guest speaker come and we're just talking about things. And he says, Pauline, if you're not hurting, you're not loving. Because I'm telling you, sometimes it hurts. And we hurt because we love. And that's why we need this daily reminder. It says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive everyone who offends you. Not just the ones who are easy and polite about it. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. You know what? That scripture is by every bed in our house. Why? Because we need daily reminders. You know what? I'm telling you, we don't float around like angels at our house. We live in a real world just like you. And people can upset us. But we need to forgive quickly so a seed of bitterness cannot grow. I love personally how God brings about the right words at the right time. Now, I don't know if any of you read the word for today here. If you don't, I really want to encourage you to get it because I find it an incredible tool. And I tell you what, there's so many days that I'm underlining stuff where God just seems to be speaking to me the right word at the right time. But when I was particularly feeling low with, you know, helping people and, you know, feeling a bit worn down by it, I read this article and it was by Rick Warren and it was how to refuel when your love tank is low. Love can exhaust you. Now, this is from Rick Warren. This isn't from Pauline. I'll tell you when Rick Warren's over. Love can exhaust you. Don't let anyone fool you. The kind of love that really makes a difference in this world can come at a cost. It's called running on empty. Your tank can get so empty sometimes that you just feel like you don't have any more love to give. Maybe you're in a people-intensive job such as a teacher, a salesperson or a server or you need to show love to a particular person 
who is demanding. And you come home and think, I just can't face another need, another problem or another heartache. So you just shut down. While that's perfectly natural and human, it's not the standard of love God calls us to. The Bible says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. 1 Corinthians 13.7, love never gives up. So how can you have that kind of persistent love for others? You have to get refueled. When my kids were young, this is still Rick Warren talking, I remember taking the family to a nearby air show. It was so impressive to see how they would hook up the tanker to the jet in midair. I'll never forget that. But can you imagine someone flying a jet and saying, I don't need to refuel? The jet would crash and burn in a long-distance flight. A jet must refuel. If you want to give that kind of persistent love that God wants you to give, you must consistently refuel your love tank. Look around at society and you'll see it's littered with debris from relationships that have crashed and burned because people didn't refuel their tank. How do you refuel your love tank? You start by letting God love you. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. So for you, many people here, we can refuel in different ways. I know that I need to make it a daily discipline to read God's word. I say it. I'm pretty ugly without God's word. My character can be because I need the Holy Spirit and I need his character daily. But you need to know what it, what it is for you. Reading and besides, sometimes it's nice going by the beach. Sometimes it's good to go for a walk. Whenever we, we refresh others, you need to take time to refresh yourself. And I read that the week I was going through this is really intense time of helping people and just feeling sad when I feel like I've been let down. Just need a drink. Okay. Now, there's another scripture that I have been reminded of and if the musicians want to come now, then you can think I'm closing quickly, soonish. It's just an act, really, but at least they can play nicely behind me. Okay, we are on the homeward stretch. 1 Corinthians 13.3 tells us, three things will last forever, faith, hope and love, and the greatest of these is love. We keep being reminded in Scripture how the greatest is love. But how do we love like this love and all I'm saying to you today I really want you to have freedom to live that's why if we can learn to love the way God loves it'll give us the freedom to live our daily lives so the first one is faith is a prerequisite the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11:6, it is impossible to please God without faith anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So without faith, we cannot come to believe in God and walk in obedience to him. The value of hope. Hope keeps us moving forward. I cannot imagine my life without hope. Hope fuels us to face impossible challenges. 
Hope is the expectation that we will obtain what we desire. Hope is a special gift from God in the day-to-day routine of life and in the middle of difficult circumstances. Hope encourages us to keep running the race until we reach the finish line. And then it says, the greatest of love. We can't live our lives without faith and hope. Without faith, we cannot know the God of love. Without hope, we cannot endure until we meet him face to face. But in spite of the importance of faith and hope, love is even more crucial. And why is love the greatest? Because without love, there is no redemption. God is love. He tells us in 1 John 4, 8, that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to sacrifice his life for us. This is the perfect example of love. Love is the virtue upon which faith and hope now stand. Do you know, our youngest daughter in the last lot of school holidays went to see her cousins. She was a little apprehensive at first because she'd actually never been away on her own before. When you're from a large family, there's always usually another sibling who's coming along with you. But this time it was just her. She, when she came back, she said, Mum, it's funny how you're so much like your sister. The things that we did were the same. Now, we don't live together, but our habits were similar. Why was that? Maybe it could have been from our upbringing. Maybe it's something in the blood. But the funniest thing was I grew up with my sister, obviously, when we were younger. But then she said, it was funny how Josh was like her older cousin over there. Now, they've never lived together, but their mannerisms were same. So maybe it's in the DNA. And don't you think it's the same with us? The more time that we spend with our Heavenly Father, the more we reflect His image. So, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So if our friends are Christian, won't they be encouraging us? Won't they be encouraging us to go further? When we're having a hard time, wouldn't they be the one saying, what does the Bible say about that? Yeah, I know. Look, don't, um, we don't have to be so earthly that we're no practical good. Because as I say all the time, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity. So something times you just need to have a plan. You just can't go, oh, bless God, praise God, or whatever he tells me to do in the morning. No. It's like Sean W. Smith. Sometimes there needs to be a plan in place to get the desired result. Anyways, so if we want to have Christ's character operating in our life, we need to keep loving. And I'm telling you, it's a sacrifice. And love is actually a doing word. We can't make it about me because loving others actually shows in our living. And when we become that kind of church, Port Lincoln, people will be belting down our doors to come in. And I'm telling you now, this is where, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Because it doesn't matter how good you are, we need God's Spirit to help us in every area. We'll just quickly go through them, why? Not quickly, we'll just go through them, why? Because Galatians 5, and 23 says, But the Holy Spirit, we need him. 
produces this kind of fruit in our lives, in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. There is no law against these things. I know I say this every single message. I can't help it because that's the kind of person I want to be. And I can't do it on my own. I need the Holy Spirit. John, 1 John 4, 1 tells us we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. There's plenty of hope here today, guys. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 7, they read this at weddings, but I'm telling you, we need to live it every day. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, ladies, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. God, we need your love. Ephesians 4.2, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Because we've gone through a lot of stuff, but I think the important thing that I want you guys to know is I live in the same world as you. And there has been times that I have been stuck in my Christian life. It's not because I didn't love God. I love God and I wanted to please him. But because of my hurt and not realising how to hand that over by coming with open heart, with open hands and an open heart, because so often we as Christians are like, yeah, I dare you, God. I dare you. Yeah, you touch me today. Like You come and speak to me. I dare you to. It's not the attitude that we need to come with. We need to come like this. Because I tell you what, even if you just do that as an act of surrender, God can come and touch an open heart. But when we come, I dare you, dare you. Come on, come and give me a word. Just give me a word. I'll just, just tell someone to message me. It doesn't work like that. And I can tell you, I grew up as a Christian and I saw some pretty stupid things that Christians did. I saw some pretty stupid things that Christian leaders did. Like, I know for me, I overcompensated. I got hurt in church. It's not that I didn't love God. I wanted to love God, but I was telling him how much I would do. I can welcome on the door. I can have a connect group, but that's it. Because I've seen people who try and push open doors that have been locked and barred and they're still trying to get their bandwagon of what they want to preach about. And I feel like going, stop it. So I overcompensated and I stopped it, all right. Until God says, I need you to love people. And I want you this morning to have the freedom to live. So we're going to have an opportunity today. And you know what? No one has to know what you're up the front for. Because you know what? It's about you and him. There will be leaders here to pray for you, but I just don't want to miss this opportunity of if you've been like me and you got stuck, I don't want it to take you years because God just wants you to come with open hands and open heart and go, you know what? 
I'm going to give that to you this morning because I don't want to be stuck there any longer. And I just want, when you talk to me, he can do it like he did to me in a heartbeat. Pauline, all I want you to do is love people. And I was like, it can't be that simple. It can't be that simple, but it's not risk-free. There's no buy now and I'll send you double mops, double steak knives. No, it's not risk-free. not pretending it is. But all I'm saying is I do want you to live a life of freedom. So can you take us away? I'm certainly not going to be the one singing, but we're going to be the ones praying. So if you just want prayer because you feel like there's something that's made you stuck or you just want us to believe for anything this morning, we're here to pray. So leaders, will you come and pray and you come and respond?